Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everyone doing? Are you getting into the Christmas spirit yet? I most certainly am and I'm so excited for next week. Um, I get to spend Christmas with my family and my gorgeous niece and nephew and this time of year is just so magical for them and I love seeing how excited they are and seeing them on the day with all their presents. It's just going to be so fun. I can't wait. And, you know, this time of year is often a time of reflection. We think a lot about our past year and what we've achieved and what we're proud of, what we've done and what we wish we could have done. And for me, one of the biggest things that I've been really thinking about and being really grateful for is celebrating my second year without alcohol. So on December 24th, it will have been two and a half years that I haven't drank any alcohol. And the reason I'm so grateful for that is because I've been able to spend this entire year feeling fully present with my niece and nephew and with the people in my life. And I remember when I did drink and I'd see them at the weekend, my niece and nephew, and I'd always be so hungover. And I literally have videos of me and my niece um, and my niece at the side of my bed where I was just lying there, slowly dying from a hangover. (laughs) And, you know, I was never in the mood to run around or be entertaining. I just wanted to curl up in a ball and die. (laughs) And now without alcohol in my life, I'm really able to show up as the best auntie I can be, which is just amazing and the best thing in the world. And another thing I've been really reflecting on, which leads us a little into today's topic, is how much me and my partner have grown within our relationship. So you may or may not have seen if you follow me on Instagram or if you've heard me say in the previous podcast episode, but me and my girlfriend actually got engaged recently, which I'm really excited about. And I was reflecting on the changes in our relationship, even from now compared to say earlier this year, there's been huge shifts and changes within both of us, which if we hadn't have had made those changes, we potentially wouldn't be together now. And one of the things I've really noticed has been a huge win for both of us is the way we recover after an argument. So that's what I really wanted to talk about and dive into today. So one of the biggest thought errors my clients make is believing that having any kind of disagreement or argument with their partners mean that something has gone terribly wrong. And I used to have the exact same belief that if someone was angry or annoyed or frustrated or disappointed, if anyone had any kind of negative emotion at all about me or something I'd said or done, then the entire world was going to implode and the relationship was broken beyond repair. (laughs) But in any human relationship, there are two human brains, two human brains with their own insecurities, fears, beliefs, ways of seeing the world, past experiences and little quirks and unique ways of thinking. Two human brains, which are both predisposed to be a little dramatic, take things very personally, and interpret evidence in a way that supports their own beliefs, because all human brains are wired to do that. So with this in mind, it's a little crazy to expect any two humans 
especially those in a romantic relationship, not to have arguments and disagreements from time to time. And I've said this before in a previous episode, that negative emotions are totally a normal part of human relationships because they're totally a normal part of human life. So head to my episode on being on red alert for people being upset with you. If negative emotions in in others is something you struggle with, it's episode 11, I think. But it talks about how anybody with a brain is going to have a mix of positive and negative emotions because life isn't supposed to be positive all of the time. We can't have happiness without sadness. So your partner or your friend or whoever it is, they're bound to feel things like irritation, anger, frustration, boredom, fear, insecurity. And remembering that them being upset with you doesn't mean something has gone terribly wrong is really important. And what I actually think is a much better use of your time, instead of worrying about the fact you've had an argument or a disagreement about something, is actually focusing on getting really good at the recovery after those moments. And by recovery, what I mean is how you mend and reconnect after moments of bickering or even larger scale arguments. If we expect arguments to happen, getting better at how you argue, the ways you go about having a disagreement, and how you make up after the argument is so incredibly valuable. And I'd say that's something I've really seen with me and my now fiancé. We did not used to be good at arguing. (laughs) And by that, I mean our arguments were often long, relentless arguments going round in circles where both of us were just competing to be right and not actually hearing or listening to the other person. And the recovery felt very long and drawn out. Days were wasted being in moods with each other or, you know, feeling anxious about the argument instead of loving and reconnecting with each other. So I feel like I've learned a hell of a lot about how to argue better and how to recover after an argument, which I'd love to share with you all. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is how we often approach arguments trying to win versus trying to understand. (laughs) And most of us, when we're in our arguments, go into defense and attack mode. We hear our partner disagreeing with us or saying something in a certain tone of voice and our brain interprets that to be a threat of some kind. And I don't mean a physical threat. I mean, like, it thinks there's something wrong with that and so naturally jumps to defense mode. We try to attack back. This is a defensive mechanism of the primitive brain. But it's important to acknowledge to yourself that the only thing your brain is trying to protect you from in these instances is your own ego. Unless you're in physical danger, which by the way is not the kind of situation I'm referring to. I'm talking about arguments and disagreements, not physical abuse in any way, just to be really clear. And so in these moments of arguments or disagreements or bickering, whatever it is, you're interpreting their words as some kind of emotional threat to you, a threat to your ego and your sense of self. If they say, you never do the washing up, for example, your brain interprets that as an attack that it needs to defend against. Even though you aren't in any danger, your brain instantly wants to attack back. Well, you haven't hoovered in the last month, (laughs) you might end up saying. And we often see admitting any fault or agreeing we're to blame in some way as a defeat. If we do that, we've lost. And so we refuse to do that. We keep throwing back everything we can in an attempt to preserve our own ego. 
And when we do this, we're actually creating more and more disconnection. Our attempt to be right, to win, directly blocks our chances of connecting and actually understanding that person's point of view and what's going on for them. I recently did an Instagram post about the knee-jerk rejection, (laughs) which is a phrase I totally made up to describe what I've noticed as an urge to reject someone back when we feel like they're rejecting us. And this happens so often in arguments. We interpret our partner's words as a rejection. So then we instantly want to reject them back. This might sound like saying, well, why should I say sorry first? It's their fault. Or, okay, I didn't do the washing up, but you haven't put any of the laundry away. Or, you know, they snapped at me, so I'm going to stare out the window in a mood the whole journey home (laughs) and ignore them whenever they try and talk to me. I'm going to punish them. We felt pushed away or we felt criticized or we felt rejected in some way. So our instinct is to push back, to criticize back, to reject back. We want to mirror what the attack is that we feel has been made on us. And noticing and resisting the temptation to do this could actually end so many arguments so much faster. Think of all the times you've been in a situation where your partner has snapped or said something you didn't like. So you've then withdrawn and gone in a mood and then they've noticed you're in a mood so they've done the same thing. And we just keep pushing each other away, making the gap between us bigger, not smaller which is actually the opposite of what we really want to create. It's also important to recognize that your brain is always seeing a distorted view of the events. And by that, I mean every human brain is interpreting things through its own biases, through its own insecurities and filters, which means you shouldn't assume that just because you've perceived something in a certain way, that that makes it a fact. For example, if your partner says, can you try and not be late tonight? (laughs) Your brain thinks it's interpreting that 100% accurately, that they definitely were having a dig at you for being late the other week and that they don't appreciate how busy you are at work and that this means something about you. And then your ego feels threatened and you jump straight to wanting to defend and attack back. But you're not actually responding to what they said you're responding to your primitive brain's unexamined interpretation of what it meant. I'm going to repeat that because it's really important. You're not responding to what they said, you're responding to your primitive brain's unexamined interpretation of what it meant. So this is what happens in arguments. We're not just two people responding to each other. There's what we say, that they then hear that goes through their brain and interpreted by them through their own lens. And then they respond to that through their mouth, (laughs) which we then hear in a certain way. And we interpret through our brain, through our own filters and our own unexamined interpretations. So really it's like this game of ping pong with, with both brains interpreting things based on their own limiting beliefs and their own distortions. And our brains are always searching for evidence to support their own beliefs. So if you have a habit of thinking, my partner doesn't prioritize me, or they don't really care about me, or they never show up on time for me, (laughs) your brain is always going to interpret what they say or do through that very lens, distorting every interpretation, making assumptions, generalizations. 
and our brains are wired to take things very, very personally. We make somebody's words or criticism mean something terrible about us. Again, bruising our ego, which puts us in defense mode. Your partner might say, you never listen to me. You're always on your phone. And we make that mean they're saying we're a bad partner and we then feel the need to defend against that because we are the ones saying it to ourselves. We get very defensive and we probably show up not as our best selves or as the best partner we want to be. Instead of asking ourselves, how might they be right about that? Where is the truth in that? If I wasn't trying to protect my ego, what could I actually take on board from what they're saying to me right now? So I'm going to talk you through how to start arguing and recovering from arguments in a much more productive way. And the first thing, number one, is remembering that you're on the same team. The minute our partner is angry or annoyed at us or being snappy, it's really easy to forget that we actually love this person and we want to be on their team and not working against them. So taking a moment to remind yourself of that that you are both in this relationship because you love and care about each other. So even during a disagreement, your aim should be working together to get to the other side, not against each other, not to win. (laughs) Because if you win, they lose, and that means you're not on the same team. And your partner might not be showing up as their best self. Maybe they're reacting from a place of anger or insecurity. But remember, They aren't a perfect human and they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be messy and flawed in their own way, just like you are messy and flawed too. Which leads me to number two, which is try to understand your partner's interpretation of what is happening. So try and see things through their lens. We talked about how your own brain is always distorting and interpreting things in ways that aren't actually factual. Well, so is your partner or your friend's. Think of it like they're wearing a pair of glasses (laughs) and they're seeing the world and its events through their own pair of slightly distorted glasses, interpreting things in ways that yours might not interpret them as. So take a moment to really consider how their brain is interpreting things and what your partner might be really feeling in that moment. Are they feeling hurt and rejected? Have they interpreted something you've done in a way that it wasn't meant What might be going on in their brain right now? Are they tired? Have they had a long day? Has something triggered an insecurity of theirs? Can you have a little empathy and compassion for that? And you know, I've done a a podcast all about being curious instead of mad. And I love this idea. Instead of getting mad at our partners or friends and blaming and shaming them, what if we were to just get curious about what's going on for them? What if you were just curious about how they're feeling and how they're interpreting things in this moment. Not to judge them and tell them how wrong they are, but to just really understand them. Most of us during arguments and disagreements just want to feel heard and understood. So try and make that your priority, to hear and understand your partner. Number three is to swallow your pride and stop trying to be right. (laughs) Being right won't feel good if the cost is disconnection from the person you love. That's really important. And in fact, since we're all interpreting the world through our own distortion glasses, as I've said, there's actually no such thing as objectively right or wrong. Each of our brains can experience the exact same event in completely different ways. 
So instead of trying to prove your brain's perception is the right one, what if you could hold space for both of your realities and experience it? Instead of speaking over them and correcting them, what if you could just listen to them and hear them? Ask them questions about what they are thinking and feeling without judging it as right or wrong. And then share your own perception. And that last bit is important because I'm not saying agree with their perception if you don't agree with it. And I'm not saying people please and tell them that they're totally right and that you're completely wrong. I'm saying be open and curious about their way of seeing things and then be honest about your own and hold space for both to coexist. Most of us aren't able to hold space for our partner's negative thoughts and feelings because we make them mean something bad about us. We subconsciously make them mean we're wrong, we did something bad and therefore we're bad people, which again bruises our ego and we feel the need to defend. But your partner's thoughts are just one optional way of thinking about something. Their opinion, their interpretation, their emotions actually have nothing to do with you. They're created by their own brain. And so there's no need to feel defensive and protective over your ego. It has never been in jeopardy to begin with. Thoughts I used to practice that help me with this are, I am not under attack. And they're just a human being having thoughts and feelings. They sound like very simple thoughts, but it reminded my brain in that moment that there was nothing for me to go to war over. There was nothing to defend myself against. This is just another human in front of me having thoughts and feelings, and that's okay. Number four is to practice the art of saying sorry. Again, most of us are just so busy trying to protect our own egos that we struggle to say sorry. We think saying sorry shows weakness in some way. If I say sorry, that means they've won. But again, notice how that's you versus that instead of you being a team. And really ask yourself, Why would admitting you're not perfect be a weakness? No human being is perfect. Your partner isn't and you're not. So what if saying sorry and holding your hands up when you've shown up in a way that you don't love, what if that was actually a strength? Me and my partner have gotten really good at this in the last year and I have to say it's probably helped us to avoid so many arguments. So the other day I was trying to defrost my car and if anyone is listening to this from the UK, you'll know what I'm talking about. It is freezing here and there was ice inside the front of my screen and I was really late for a gym class. So I was feeling stressed and frustrated and I snapped and I let out all of my emotions at my fiance who was just trying to help me and I didn't speak to her very kindly and as I drove off, I felt really bad for the way I'd shown up. So as soon as I got to the gym, I sent her a message to tell her that I'm really sorry for snapping and that I really appreciate her helping me. And, you know, I could have gone to the gym and continued to bitch about her in my head for (laughs) babbling on about buying de-icer and I could have just been annoyed at her for not helping me faster and I could have gone home and we both would have likely been a little frosty with each other. (laughs) See what I did there? De-icing frost. (laughs) Anyway, um, I make myself laugh. But simply owning up and saying, that's on me. I didn't show up very nicely there. I'm sorry. It's one of the best ways to reconnect with your partner when there's been any kind of negative interaction. Think of it as waving the white flag. 
the same thing has happened the other way on where she's been being snappy and then come back in the room moments later and said she's sorry for snapping and giving me a little cuddle (laughs) again waving the white flag admitting she didn't like how she just acted and making amends it sounds so simple guys but i swear most of us do not apologize as much as we should we don't acknowledge that we did something we didn't like and we hope our partner just forgets about it and doesn't hold it against us or we excuse our behavior by listing out in our brain all the ways they aren't perfect either instead of just owning up to what we've done that we didn't like and this just prolongs the animosity and tension and even if your partner is upset with you for something that you don't particularly think was wrong or bad saying sorry that they are upset about it and just reminding them that you love and care about them can be so powerful you don't have to say sorry that you did it you can just say sorry that that it had the impact it did and you love them so say sorry guys and own it say sorry and don't make it mean anything negative about you and think of it as actually a sign of maturity and strength And number five is to take a break to process your emotions if emotions are running high. (laughs) So we're all human. We all feel angry and upset sometimes. But if you and your partner aren't in a good emotional place where you're able to actually listen and hear each other, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is take a break, take some space in separate rooms or go somewhere to calm down. And, you know, suggesting taking some time to calm down and process your feelings, feel your emotions before coming back to the conversation can be so helpful. The conversation isn't going anywhere and getting to a calmer place where you're able to respond with more patience and compassion and show up as your best self is going to serve you both more in the long run. And finally, number six is to notice your own thoughts and ask yourself, Is this way of thinking going to help me connect with this person or is it going to create disconnection? And I remember the last argument me and my partner had and she went to have a shower halfway through. And I remember sitting on the bed feeling so annoyed at her and my instinct was to be moody and silent with her when she came out. I wanted to try and punish her for being upset with me, (laughs) which let's face it, isn't very logical. (laughs) But when I noticed that thought of wanting to push her away and punish her, I was able to catch it. I was able to recognize that that actually isn't helpful at all. It's not going to help us reconnect. That's going to create more of what I don't want, which was disconnection. So instead, when she came back in, I gave her a cuddle and I told her to come and sit down and let's talk. And we talked. And if I'd listened to my brain instead... And I'd got in a mood and I hadn't initiated a conversation and I hadn't given her a cuddle and I'd just been all like frosty and off with her. The argument would not have resolved as quickly as it did. So notice where your gut instinct is to pull away or punish, to prolong bad feeling and disconnection. Blame, judgment and resentment are never going to be ingredients that create connection. Remember that. (laughs) I have to remind myself of it sometimes. So notice where your ego is trying to run the show and tell it to pipe down and get over itself. (laughs) Remember, genuinely connecting with them is going to feel so much better than feeling some kind of justification or self-righteousness for winning. 
Okay, guys, that's all I've got for you today. I hope you try and use some of these things the next time you're having disagreements or arguments and keep striving to create the kind of relationships that you love. And until next time, have a great rest of the week. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 